ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. G'day, I'm Matt Brand. Cattle prices have been on the slide this year and Australia's largest cattle company has not been immune to this. In its half-yearly financial results out today, AACO says the value of its herd has fallen $175 million in just six months. That's a drop of 20%. To be fair to AACO, the benchmark Eastern Young Cattle Indicator, it's fallen more than 47% in the same time period. I spoke to David Harris, the chief executive of AACO, who says the company has faced challenging market conditions, but it still has an operating profit of over $30 million and its branded beef sales have held strong. Whilst you know we've taken a significant hit on that statutory live price, that's not actually realised, right? It's, it's book value. What is really positive is we've kept OP up, we've got positive cash, you know, it's it's starting to illustrate or it is a clear illustration now that the strategy being branded beef is largely decoupling us from, you know, the life price fluctuation. And so largely I think it's a really strong result uh, in what's pretty difficult conditions. And the price that you are getting for your Wagyu meat, uh, from what I can tell, it's sort of barely changed year on year. It sits at over $20 a kilo, which... I assume is a good result in the climate. Yeah, look, we're we're certainly happy with it. Uh, as we note, it's down five percent um, on this time last year. But in a in a market that does have you know the large supply out there at the moment, with those herds, US is still still liquidating herd numbers. Uh, Korea the same. So in in a market where supply is so prevalent, I think for us to be able to hold our price largely largely flat on on the period, I think is is an excellent result. The US is currently Australia's number one export market for beef. Where does it sit for AACO at the moment? Look, North America in general, we kind of put uh, Canada and the US together on that is a, is a really significant market for us. It's a, it's a great opportunity for us to keep building. They're obviously a, a very large beef consumer. Uh, the Wagyu industry over there isn't as developed as it is in Australia, so we see a significant opportunity for us there in the future to continue to build relationships, um, you know, primarily with chefs and, and distributors around moving that product around North America in general, but very important market for us. Is it your number one market though? No, Asia on volume and price is still our largest market, uh, but but North America is right there behind it. Branded meat sales to Europe and the Middle East, they're on the up as well, but sales into Australia are down 20% year on year. How do you think that should be viewed? Yeah, so that's a that down twenty percent is a price mix performance. So that takes to, into account uh, the value of of what we sold in Australia, but also the mix of of product. And so, what happened in Australia is we've moved some lower value cuts out of other markets to to keep the price tension there and move them back into Australia, as we could still get a higher price for them in Australia than some of those other markets. So. Uh, yes, it looks negative on on the face value of it, but I think we've actually performed really well in Australia. And I've spoken a few times about where we move product around the world, depending on where things uh, are at and different economies and consumptions at different times. And it's just a factor if we keep doing that, we shuffle product around our kind of distribution ecosystem um, where we need to to extract the best value and, and margin for the business. So. 
you'll continually see, you know, movements around uh, those, you know, three, three or four big big markets for us and, and it's just a function of where the value is at at the time. But we keep working, you know, as I said in the presentation, we've got some excellent relationships with some really iconic venues and customers in Australia. So um, I couldn't be happier with our relationships that we've built there. Now, you lead Australia's largest cattle company and you've watched as cattle prices have fallen all year. Do you think the bottom of the market has now been reached? Yeah. Uh, I suppose we'd all, we'd all like to think we have. Uh, who knows is the, is the answer to that one, mate. I think uh, I, I'm not a punter on that. What we try and do is keep focusing on the things we can control. Um, so we keep trying to manage cost of production. We keep trying to be a low-cost producer, increase productivity, and and keep trying to lift the bar on where and what we can sell the product for. Um, what live prices do will be largely out of our control, but if we get everything else right, we'll, we'll have a business that when live prices do come back, and I'm sure they will, uh, we're there ready to make, make the most of that opportunity. On another topic, AACO has been doing some dry land farming trials in far north Queensland. Could you tell our audience sort of what you're doing, what you're growing, what it all looks like? Yeah, for sure. So we've got, uh, we farmed around 6,000 hectares in, in the Gulf area of Queensland this year. Um, so we're just finishing that that program now. Uh, that was a mixture of a few things. We did some dry land sort of forage cropping that we that we grazed out to young weaner cattle. We also did, uh, we made a lot of hay, um, which we used throughout our own properties and, and sent throughout the business. And we also grew uh, a substantial amount of chickpeas up there. And so it's kind of part cash, part, part product that was utilised within the business. But you know, some really excellent results this year that will certainly be um, be helping the bottom line of the business out into the future. Any plans to crop in the Northern Territory? Yeah, look, we've we've always looked at that as an opportunity and so we'll continue to work through those. Um, I think where we're focused in the Gulf at the moment is the area where we've got considerable water rights and so we're, we're focusing our attention there for the time being, but uh, there's no doubting that there's opportunity to do it through the NT as well at some point in the future. Because one of the big stories in the Northern Territory this week was the government releasing its water allocation plan for the Georgina and Wiso basins. You've got some cattle stations in that country. Is that a, a plan you've looked at and are interested in? Yeah, look, I'd, I'd never say never to that. We're always interested in improving the value of our assets and and building the business, so that'll certainly be something that we'll consider. Okay. And just finally, abattoirs are making some good money at the moment, and Livingston near Darwin sits idle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know you get this question every time, but if it's not worth opening Livingston now, what is AACO waiting for? Yeah, good question. I think we're waiting for for a lot of things there when we... we uh, sort of suspended Livingston. Um, there was a few challenges there with that that business case, and and we're working through improving those in order to go again. Um, so look, we we continue to kind of prudently uh, keep it in that suspended state. We're always actively looking at um, opportunities for for the site, whether they be directly as as a processor or other things as well. But uh, never say never, Matt. We continue to work on opportunities for the site for sure. It's a busy day for you. Thanks for sharing time for the Country Hour. Not a problem. Thank you.